Well, welcome back to Undead and Unburied, my friends. I am Chris Bavard, your host, and thank you for bearing with us through our un- unexpected and extended hiatus. Um, welcome to season two, I guess. Um, just getting some things in order, figuring out the format, how we wanted to do this and everything. So uh, it's all worked out now, and we are going to be coming at you monthly from now on. I'm glad we're back. I'm glad you're back, uh, and let's hope it stays that way. So um, some cool stuff on the show this week. A little bit shorter, had a guest fall through, uh, and I wanted to make sure I got this uh, show up in time. Uh, because we have kind of a timely interview up, we're going to have an interview with uh, Ryan Spindell of Trapdoor Pictures, and he currently has a Kickstarter for a project called the Mortuary Collection that, if you're a horror anthology fan, looks like something that would just be amazing. So uh, we're going to talk to Ryan and kind of get an idea of, of what that consists of. And that Kickstarter actually ends on June 20th. So I wanted to make sure I got this out there this weekend so that you guys could hear this and uh, go contribute to Ryan's campaign because he's trying to do something very cool. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, soundtrack reissues later on in the show, um, specifically what uh, the folks at Waxwork Records are doing in New Orleans with this new Creep Show uh, special edition. Um, and a couple of other things on, on deck to talk about. So, uh, a little, like I said, a little bit shorter of a show this week. Um, uh, next episode will probably be a little bit longer because I think we're going to double up on the interviews. Um, so, without any further ado, let's get into this interview uh, with Ryan Spindell of Trapdoor Pictures and find out what the Mortuary Collection is all about. I saw him coming toward me. This is the road. Please leave the room. <laughs> there will be a 10 second count. I don't know what came over me. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What was that? All right, so on the podcast this month, we have Ryan Spindell, who is uh, trying to kick off a very cool project. Um, it's called The Mortuary Collection. And uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you bet. Um, so the first thing I generally do is is ask everyone when they come on, the first question is, what got you into horror? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, it's interesting. My mom really hates horror movies. And uh, she really, as a, as a kid, she got me so freaked out by them that I would not watch them. Forever. For like my whole childhood, I was terrified of horror films. I remember we had a Halloween party and we were watching Something Wicked This Way Comes, yeah, the Disney yeah. And I was like shitting my pants. Oh, can, I, can I swear? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Say whatever you okay, want. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I sort of avoided them for a really long time. I was really late to the game. And it was like, I think it was probably in eighth grade. I got a bootleg copy of Evil Dead 2. Nice. And I was terrified to watch it. But as soon as it, as it started playing out, it was like something clicked where I, I, I not only loved the, the genre, but I also felt like the filmmakers were having so much fun doing it. Yeah. And it was that movie that was sort of my gateway. And like immediately, it was like literally like Evil Dead 2 and then Dead Alive on the same VHS. Uh, <laughs> that, that was bootleg. a serious initiation. That was like. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> and, and that was, uh, yeah, that did it for me. And, and that, from then it was like, 
I mean, I literally, I think I fell in love with, with genre at the same time as I fell in love with filmmaking with those, with those two movies. Right. Very cool. How did you get into filmmaking then? What was the, how'd that bridge happen? Uh, you know, same story that everybody else has. I'm making stop motion in my backyard. Right. Um, but nothing serious. I, I, I went to college, uh, with the, with the intention of being a filmmaker, but I was uh, more interested in drinking beer. Uh, and then it was, yeah. <laughs> and it was after college, actually, I got, uh, I went to school and I got a degree in design and photography and I was, um, for a while, I, I sort of right out of college, I got this job in a lab as a graphic designer. Uh, okay. and it was, I was in this long cement cubicle with like six other people all lined beside me. And it was sort of like looking like they were. The ages ranged from, like, I think a woman that was in her 40s all the way down to a kid who was, like, I don't know, probably 19. And we were just haphazardly uh, set up in order of age. So it was like looking at, like, the timeline. It's like the evolution chart, you know? It's like... <laughs> it was exactly. It was, it was surreal. It was surreal. Um, and uh, and, the, and the, the office was like a Brazil style, like super cramped with like a desk and a giant computer. And uh, that was sort of like the kick in the ass I think I needed to um, to sort of start taking my filmmaking seriously. And um, and from there I I started I became a photographer for ABC News and I chased uh, hurricanes for a year. And then I uh, I kept applying to film school at Florida State because it's got this amazing film program, but it's yeah. super super hard to get into. And uh, they waitlisted me twice, and the third time they just got fed up with me coming in and having interviews, and so uh, they let me in and sort of it all. I mean, it's just been all films since then. Yeah, that's great. No, that's that's awesome, man. That's that's definitely what everyone wants for sure. Like you said, it's yeah, I, it's it's funny. Like the more people I talk to, not just for the podcast, but in general, you know, at conventions and stuff like that, it seems like the absolute just not wanting any part of horror as a little kid that turns into oh my god i love this more than anything is like everyone's common experience you know it's like everyone had some trigger where it was like oh yeah okay yeah it's just it's true because I mean, it doesn't seem like most of uh these guys in genre are the biggest wimps i mean i think that's part of yeah. what draws you to it it's like uh it's a valve to sort of get all these fears that are like coming at you on a regular basis out into the world. And yeah. I, I never have nightmares. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. I, I agree. I was actually, it was funny you said that because I was just, um, have you seen the Never Sleep Again? The, the yes. Nightmare, documentary. There's that moment in there where Wes Craven's talking about, you know, the inspiration for Freddy being the guy that he saw outside of his window. And that's just like the most bizarre, disturbing thing. I, can't, I always think about that. I'm like, God, you know, what would that do to you? But it's, yeah, same deal. You know, it's like that it never left, you know. And, and it's funny because, I mean, to this day, my mom is still like, very anti-horror. I mean, she supports my movies. Sure. But other than that, uh, that's like, that's the bear, the, the most she'll do. But it's funny, <laughs> I always make fun of her now. I'm like, you know the reason I'm making these movies that you hate so much is because you made me so scared of you them. You kept me kept away from them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. I, and one of the things that attracted me to Mortuary Collection, which we'll get to here in a second, was you know, I'm a huge, Creepshow was my movie, like, like Your Evil Dead 2. You know, Creep Show was the was the intro for me because I was a huge horror comic fan as a kid, just voracious horror comic fan, still am. And yeah. you know, twi- I, I'm sure you. I mean, you remember Twisted Tales? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Twisted Tales is like the absolute bottom line for my love of horror. You know, so that was those two things together kind of, you know, kind of did that. But yeah, I, I had the same thing where you know they freaked me out, and then at a certain point, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty badass. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Creepshow because um, we made this documentary recently called uh, 
We Come in Pieces. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Um, So that was a common thread. A lot of the people we talked to, Creepshow was also their sort of gateway movie. It was like, because I think we really talked a lot about how, um, especially with the animated, was it? Yeah, there's animation, a little animation in the first one, and then the brown was mostly animated in the second one. But um, a lot of people, it was like, it sort of fooled them as kids into thinking this was like, oh, it's a cartoon. This is going to be harmless. <laughs> and, then, and then they were exposed to this, all these, like, dreadful tales. They're, and, they're um, blindsided, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I remember, I, I think, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. Creepshow tends to be the one that, that people latch onto, and when I talk to people, too. And, and it, I, I started thinking about it, and it really it makes sense because, you know, the reference points for Romero and for Stephen King were EC Comics. Well, I mean, we didn't. You know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 40. You know, and so from that in that era, we hadn't really seen that huge EC rebirth yet. You know, and so right. for me, it's like that stuff. You might as well have been talking about, you know, something that was completely didn't even exist. You know, for me, it was mythology. You know, and so it was like, oh, you know, when that when Tales from the Crypt finally started getting reissued and stuff like that, I was you know obviously all over it. But you know, Stephen King, I think, did a, a great service to EC Comics for that whole <laughs> by doing that. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, it's funny I, when you say that everyone does talk about Creepshow, and that's true. And really it's the only one, I think, in recent memory that got like a really major release that really people were even exposed to. I know. And, it's, and that's one of the things that attracted me to what you're doing too is just it's such – you're right. It's such a – the anthology format is so it's, – it's just not recognized as, as, I don't know, as important. I mean I don't really even know what to – you know how to describe the way that it's kind of treated. I mean, VHS has gotten some fairly decent attention lately. You know, sure. sure. But, but yeah, well, anyway, let's let's get into you. Actually, now this is you know I want to hear about uh, Mortuary Collection. How you decided to do it? What right. it is for all the people listening who don't know what it is, and uh, just fill us in. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's. I mean, it's basically exactly what we're talking about. It's. Um, you know, I just like you. Like Creepshow is a huge influence, and I, I always loved. Um, I just really love the short format in general. I just think I like reading short stories. Um, I like watching short films, even though that's sort of been tough to do in the past and it's getting a little bit easier. And um, and I think that horror works really, really well. I mean, I like really wild and weird stories, and I think some of those work best in condensed form. Right. Uh, and so it was sort of like this love of this this format and this love of shorts and sort of – and then like looking at like the landscape today and wondering why – why isn't this huge? Like, why are people not exposed to it? And then, you know, and I, and I was like, I want to, I want to do this. I want to bring this sort of thing back. And I started, I wrote a script and, um, it did really well. People really loved it, but everyone said flat out that we're, we're not doing anthologies. They don't work. Um, and then when I dug a little deeper, I realized most people hadn't even seen an anthology film and didn't even know what it was. They just, (laughs) just big shock, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's anthology. No. And that, Really, when I ask why, no one can give a good answer. Um, they can't really compare it to box office because no, they're not making them. They're not putting them in the theaters, so there's nothing to compare it to. Um, and the only answer I can get is, oh, they don't sell overseas, which, uh, which I think is bullshit. Oh, it is bullshit. That's ridiculous. Um, and so that's where this thing came about. This thing came about from like having this script and, and feeling uh, really strongly that this was a valid project and really wanting to see this kind of thing. And, you know, after I sort of avoided the Kickstarter uh, path for a long time because there, there's a stigma to Kickstarter. And, sure. you know, I don't want to be bugging all my friends and constantly tweeting and Facebooking and annoying people. I mean, I feel the same way that everyone else does when you're getting, like, your feed is just being filled with this stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I realized 
there was no other way I was going to be able to do this. I was going to be able to actually like make this happen yeah. without the support. And so like on one side it was, uh, this is the only way to make the film. But on the other side, I was like, well, if people don't want to, you know, help make this film, then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there isn't an audience and maybe the studios are right. Um, maybe they're right. Maybe there's not enough people. So it's sort of like a test, you know, it's like, it's yeah. kind of like putting it out there and saying, are, are people going to see this? Are people actually excited about this thing? And, um, the response has been awesome so far. I mean, we still got a ways to go, but uh, but it's been great. Good, good. Yeah, I yeah I immediately. And it's funny. I mean, I have the same. You know, I, like you. I mean, I think everybody kind of has that feeling, like oh, you know, more email. You know, but when I find a Kickstarter or something like that that I really want to contribute to, I'm always excited to get the updates. I mean, I I like when people are really proactive about you know emailing updates, sending extra stuff. You know, that's how I ended up seeing We Come in Pieces. You know, cool. and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that, and I hope that people will respond, you know, will kind of go beyond the, it's just another email, you know what I mean? Because it's not just another email, you know, it's actually somebody's project that they care a lot about, you know, so. It's true, and I, and I think that um, I think that Kickstarter can tend to be abused a little bit by people agree, who yeah. get free money, and I think that's kind of the, it's sort of just like in everything creative that, you know, if there's some money involved, people start trying to take advantage of it. Sure. But if you are able to sort of push that stuff away and go to Kickstarter and really like look at some of the projects that are on there, there's some mind blowing stuff. I mean, the stuff that I've found just in doing this project on Kickstarter, I'm like giving for to give my money away to these other projects. Oh I yeah, just yeah. Hold back because I'm like raising money for my own. <laughs> You're like, sorry, can't do the movie. But look at all these things I contributed to. Yeah. No, I was thinking, I was thinking it would be really cool if there was like a Kickstarter Prime, where it was like specific projects that are vetted and that like people can go to and they know that everything is like an on the level sort of thing. I mean, I almost wonder if that's something that down the line will end up coming to pass, you know, as, as some of these services, you know, like Indiegogo and things like that realize that you do have a lot of people who are trying to milk your concept, you know, and and maybe legitimately taking attention away from projects that really do deserve funding, you know, it's really need it, you know, right. Right. That's cool. Well, I was wondering, I saw that, you know, you've got the, um, this cool, really cool, like teaser trailer type of thing up there for the Mortuary Collection on the page. Who did the animation for that? The animation was really cool. Oh, thanks so much. Um, it's it was actually a three part process. Um, this gar- guy Carl Slominski is sort of been he's like a good friend of mine. He's a comic book artist, and he's been doing a lot of the concept art for us. And he's sort of almost becoming the the look of the movie, sort of being sort of coming from him. Right. Uh, and actually, we have a really cool uh, update that we're coming out with soon. He's doing a Mondo-style print for us nice. uh, from the collection that I just got this morning. And it is, like, I just stared at it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> it just blew my mind. It's, it's amazing. Um, awesome. And so I basically sort of went after him, and I was like, hey, can you do a bunch of artwork for me? And he was like, oh, yes, okay, yes. Uh, and he, he, so he sort of drew all of the artwork, and then he right. sent it over to me. And um, I sort of sliced it off in Photoshop and colored it and layered it. And then I sent it over to a third friend, uh, this guy, Josh Michael, who's in this awesome music video director and animator. And he threw it to After Effects and, and put it all together. And then there was, you know, music and we had a voiceover, a yeah. friend of mine voiceover. So it was like, uh, it was a little mini production all in one, but also condensed into a time of like three days or something. It looks really cool. I mean, yeah, it definitely was. It, it looks cool. <laughs> No, our, our concern, as soon as we finished it, we were like, this is awesome. But then I showed it to my dad, and he was like, so are you making a cartoon? And I was like, uh, we didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't get that out of it, but I could, yeah, I get what he's saying. No, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's probably fine. You got enough other stuff in there that I think it's probably cool. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, and just in, and let's see what else we got here. I mean, what I guess I we've kind of already covered my next question, which is what's your favorite horror anthology? I get would it be Creepshow or do you have is there a sleeper in there somewhere that you? Uh... <sighs> um, that's a really good question. I. I have these. I have segments. It's like I, I, I'm yeah. like a, a segment junkie as opposed to a specific. I, one of the things when I re- sat down to write the Mortuary Collection, which actually I guess I didn't really tell you what it was, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah, you can, yeah, you can go ahead and talk it, about whatever you want to do as far as that goes. Sure. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Mortuary Collection is um, uh, is basically sort of it's uh, it's sort of a love letter to the to the old style uh, anthology film. It's four twisted tales. Each um, embodies a different horror subgenre. So there's a slasher movie. There's a psychological tale of madness. There's a ghost story. And there's a monster movie, uh, and they're all set in this small, new, like sleepy New England town, and they're all interwoven with one another. So the characters are sort of popping in and out uh, from each thread and sort of having impacts on the different storylines. And then, it's a great concept. Oh, thanks. I mean, yeah. it's it was it's been it wasn't original. It's been done in Tales from the Hood. It's been done several times before. But coming back to your question about which is my favorite uh, horror anthology. The thing I think I always was frustrated with, with almost all anthologies, was there's always, like, something I love, and then something that's okay, and then filler. I always felt like, I feel like most, most of them, not all of them, but most of them had one great idea, and they stuck some other threads in there, and they just, yeah. like, put it out there. Because, I mean, honestly, if you have one really great thread, it's a successful anthology most sure. of the time. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's sort of how I always felt. I mean, I remember uh, in Creepshow 2... Me and my, my producing partner, Ben, have argued over this because he loves the segment. But the first segment, the, the Chief Woodenhead segment, yeah. um, kills me. And, like, I, I, I would I, – as a kid, I would always turn it on and watch Creepshow 2 and be excited and then get so bummed out every time I had to wait that segment out just to get to the <laughs> right. Um, so when I went into writing this, I was like, well – and I write short stories or short screenplays all the time anyway. So I was like, I want to make an anthology that hopefully every single segment is – is at least solid, like yeah. as characters has a great ending and could be like a standalone thing that people would like. Um, but what's funny that even on the script level is that everybody who reads the script seems to have a different favorite. So even at this point, I'm not sure which one of the ones in my own script I like best because yeah. people have all sort of fought different angles and I'm sort of finding these like this new love for elements of each. And I always thought that was something about anthologies that always struck me as what I thought would be really appealing to people from, from both a, se- a selling point, you know, for the studio people, but also just in terms of fan response, it's like you really do have a, a unique situation where there is kind of something potentially for everyone. You know, I don't think I know anybody who has the same favorites in every anthology movie. You know, it's, it's like there's always something different about, there's always stuff that's up for debate, you know, which one's better and that kind of thing, which seems like a formula that would be recognized as something to, to bank on, you know? I, I mean, yeah, absolutely, Cause, because... When you think about a horror movie too, like a lot of horror movies, there's a there's a lot of build up to like to the climax or the the, the portion of the film where like the trailer moments really happen. And if you're not if that doesn't appeal to you specifically, then you've just wasted two hours. Right. But here, you know, there's like three minutes of character setup, and then you're into the story. And if you don't like it, well, there's another one right away. And it's a totally and, and that's sort of an idea. Also, that going into this was sort of like, how can I design something that has an ebb and flow so it feels like a feature, too? Because you also start realizing that, for instance, like the first segment can be longer because people are sort of like getting into the world. But then as the segments go on, they actually get shorter and shorter and shorter because people have less patience to like meet new characters and, sure. and sort of get into it. And hopefully they've already sort of met and met the characters and gotten into the world 
uh, via the other segments anyway. So by the time you're getting to the fourth segment, it plays out almost like a climax of a feature. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. That's, that seems like a cool approach. It's it's kind of the same. It's not really the same, but it's it's, it's kind of that that the through thread thing reminds me of Trick or Treat in totally. terms of the way you know the characters kind of are interwoven, but they don't always interact. Sometimes they interact, and that yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a cool I, way to do it. And we this isn't. This didn't make it in the documentary, but uh, we talked to Michael Doherty, and um, he told me something, uh, the guy who did Trick or Treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really, um, one thing he told me that really surprised me was he initially, when they initially shot the movie and had it edited, it was meant to be without a wraparound, which blows my mind. Really? The wraparound seems so integral. How would that even work? I can't even picture that. I can't either. I can't either, because it did wow. feel, it, it takes almost a Pulp Fiction approach in the way it's, even, it even splits up the segments into yeah. vignettes. Um, and he said that what was crazy was when each story was just back to back, it felt like it was four hours long, which wow. I hadn't considered. But he said once he sort of intertwined, they edited, and they must have shot extra stuff. I'm not sure. I didn't have to have. I mean, I don't, yeah, I really, I can't even envision that. I'd love to see, I love that movie, so I'd love to see it. But Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's phenomenal. Well, great. Well, for everybody listening, I mean, this is obviously a project that I think everyone should contribute to. I think it's important. Um, and I think that how, how, how far away from your goal are you, actually, at this point? You're, you have something like two weeks left somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, we have two weeks left. Um, I think we still need around $14,000 to okay. get our – we're in that sort of uh, no man's land. Yeah, that yeah. We've almost stopped making money right now, which is really scary. But, um, but we have lots of cool stuff, and I, and I think – yeah, at the least we made a cool doc, so people people can watch it and hopefully yes. excited about it. And if you know, if they don't love the Mortuary Collection, then at least they can sort of start exploring some of these old anthology films and hopefully help bring this sort of this really cool format back because I think it's really sad that it's missing. I do too. I, I agree completely. It was definitely something I saw that was immediately close to my heart. I was like, oh yes, anthologies. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I hope everybody listening will will go contribute something. You do have some very cool extras that you guys are offering through the campaign. I wish I could have afforded to donate more. I'm going to make a second donation. Uh, but there's some, there's some very cool stuff that's being, uh, being thrown in, in the mix. So if you're listening to this, you need to go and contribute right now. I'll also um, I'll post a link to the Kickstarter campaign on the Undead Unburied Facebook page and uh, hopefully stir up some action that way. But listen, right, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, you know, stay in touch. Keep us posted on what, what goes on. I'm definitely, uh, definitely into the project, and I hope it, I hope it goes. Very cool. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for being on the show. If you can't stand the sight of flesh being stripped from a human body, please leave the room. There will be a 10-second countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, well, thank you again to Ryan for that interview. And um, like I said, you know, get over to the Kickstarter page for the Mortuary Collection and contribute. I think they're within about $10,000 of their goal now. So your contribution really could make or break the deal at this point. So if, uh, you know, if you're a horror fan, you like that that anthology style thing, man, you need to get over there and, and, and get involved in that. They've added some cool swag items depending on your level of participation um, and your contribution this week, too. They've got a Mondo poster and all kinds of cool stuff they're giving away. So, you know, obviously a labor of love. I wish 
those guys the best, and I'm looking forward to seeing it because I really hope it gets made. Um, you know, as long as we're talking about horror anthologies, um, I thought I would talk about this uh, Creep Show reissue that's come out on vinyl, the Creep Show soundtrack, uh, just in the last month or two uh, from Waxwork Records. Waxwork's doing some amazing stuff uh, out of New Orleans, just some beautiful soundtrack reissues on vinyl. Um, they've done Day of the Dead, the Day of the Dead that they did is just gorgeous packaging. It's a great soundtrack. Um, and they're really doing some interesting stuff. The Creep Show, the Creep Show is the coup de gras. I mean, it really is just unbelievable. If you can, if you can find it out there anywhere and get your hands on it, it's already out of print. Uh, they do these limited runs of, of their package and, um, it's it's just it's beautiful. I don't even know what to say. It's it's this gorgeous gatefold uh, with a book, you know, in the middle of it, and a really nice screen print of the creep. Uh, the sound quality is fantastic. There are five different colors of vinyl, um, different different design for each story in the film. So I was lucky enough to get the uh, the cake splatter and blood frosting edition from uh, Father's Day. It's like white vinyl. It looks like it has blood all over it. Just really a lot of thought put into the package, and it's just it's it's awesome, and they're doing some great work. So I'm trying to get the uh, Waxwork folks on the show for next month. I'd like to hear a little bit more about uh, projects they have coming up, uh, what soundtracks they're looking to uh, reissue uh, in the coming months, and I'm sure you'd like to hear the same thing. Another company to check out along that same vein is Death Waltz Records. And I'm sure they, you know, this is no surprise to anybody who's familiar with this kind of thing. Um, and if you're already a vinyl addict, you probably already know this. Uh, but Death Waltz has done some great stuff with uh, a lot of the Italian soundtracks from the 70s. They've done uh, House by the Cemetery. Uh, they have a zombie, Fulci's zombie uh, reissue coming out later this year that looks pretty impressive. Um, they've done uh, Halloween. They've done Halloween 2. They've done um, The Fog. They've done a really nice package for Halloween 3 for Season of the Witch, which is one of my absolute favorite horror movies of all time and um i hope to be able to do an episode just on halloween 3 at some point i'm so glad that movie is finally getting its due um you know that recognition of what a good movie that is and what a groundbreaking movie that was for its time is finally kind of coming to pass with people um as the generation kind of rolls over and people recognize that film for for being as good as it is uh the soundtrack for it is awesome and the soundtrack package that that death waltz did for that is phenomenal um but Death Waltz, I, I, the one that I've picked up the most recently is House by the Cemetery, and it's pretty short. It's shorter than I remembered. And, and actually, when I went back and started trying to think of the – well, okay, I basically bought the vinyl because the package was cool. Um, and I love Fulci. So you know, I, I got the soundtrack kind of thinking to myself, I don't remember a lot of – music in House of the Cemetery. I don't really remember the music that well. And I guess it's because there's not much of it. Or, you know, what's there repeats a lot. Because the soundtrack's pretty short. But nice packaging. Again, you know, posters in there. They've got some real cool... um just really cool design, uh, jacket design and whatnot. So Death Waltz Records and Waxwork Records, if you're not paying attention to what they're doing and you're a soundtrack fan and a vinyl enthusiast at all, you need to have your eye on those guys because it really they're doing some really cool stuff. Um, so like I said, I'm hoping to get Waxwork uh, on the show in the coming months, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well,
Well, listen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in again, and thanks for hanging in there. Like I said, we will be on schedule from now on, back every month with, with a new episode. And again, I apologize for the shorter episode this time. I wanted to make sure that uh, I got Ryan's plug out there, and uh, I ran across the Mortuary Collection on Kickstarter and thought it looked uh, definitely like something I needed to promote. So I <laughs> wanted to make sure this one went out there. I hope you guys are having a nice summer so far. I hope you're checking out a lot of good horror movies, and we're going to be uh, looking at some horror movies that will come out later this year uh, in the next episode specifically. We're going to take a look at the Green Inferno, uh, Eli Roth's new Cannibal uh, movie that looks definitely worth the watch, uh, and a couple of others. So uh, stick around. Hope you'll stick with us, and uh, stay tuned, stay horrified, and uh, look us up on Facebook if you haven't already. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.